Today I just wanted to share something that uh, was on my heart for uh, really a long time and then and I just began to think about it and began to make a little bit more sense. And so I believe that during this time um, of the season, there's no other time really of the season I can look and, and truly say, and, and as I look in the scriptures, that God is a God of, the, of time. Is that right? And there is a right time that God has. And how many believe that God moves uh, on His timetable? God moves in His timetable. And how many also believe that whatever God does... Amen. God does it at the right time. God has a right time for everything. God moves in His timetable. How many believe that, right? How many believe that, right? So Galatians chapter 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 4. I'm going to tie this in with really where we're at in the season because it's, it's uh, as I read, well, we call it the Christmas story. Um, we have a tradition in our family that we, uh, we read Luke chapter 2. And we take turns reading it. We call it the Christmas story. But we just remind ourselves each, each year really how wonderful it was. But how amazing it was. How remarkable it was. What happened at that time in that season. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. It says this. He's talking about before we were saved. And how we were saved. And gave us an illustration about it. Paul says this. But when the fullness of the time came. God sent forth his son. Born of a woman. Born under the law. Luke chapter 2 tells us about what we call the Christmas story, but it says that the angels appeared to the shepherds and they said, and they told them about there is a born this day in the city of David, Christ the Lord. He's, you can go and find him. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. And the Bible says that they used a couple words that kept using this word over and over again in Luke chapter 2. It came to pass. It came to pass. In the fullness of time, Jesus was born. How many believe that God moves at the right time? God moves at the right time. Everything God does is according to His timetable in His order. Amen. And I want to share with you today about the right time. The right time. Because it's so important in our lives. But I want to just go back and look at the birth of Jesus. Did you know that at the birth of Jesus at that time there was 80 jubilees? Exactly 80 jubilees. In fact, in 2017 marked 120 jubilees since creation of man. Did you know that? So if you take 120 jubilees times that times 50, you get approximately 6,000 years. So I believe that God has a timetable. I believe that we're coming down to, to things and we can look around and say, wow, this is in the Word and this is the right time for this. And God said it would happen at this time and it's happening. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I've seen some things that God said are going to happen. They've happened, right? We can, and some of you live in long enough that you can say, man, this, some of this stuff is coming to pass. And I believe that it was so important that the birth of Jesus was right at the right time. All the, the feasts led up to that. All appointed to Jesus coming, to the Savior coming. Did you know that? The lineage of Jesus, the royal line which was on Joseph's side and the family line which was on Mary's side, those two coming together, that was amazing, wasn't it? At that right time, they came together and had a child. That's amazing, isn't it? All the feasts, all the, the lineage, the, even the wise men coming as we read about the wise men. The Bible says we've seen his star in the east and this brought us to this place here in Jerusalem. How many know that when they talk about we've seen his star, well they've been reading about the star for 600 years. Daniel prophesied and talked about that star and told those men about those stars or their, or their family about that star. And they carried that tradition for 600 years until finally three wise men came and said, for 600 years we've been hearing about the star, and right now is the time that this star has appeared. 
How many know God has a way of aligning things, right? God has a way of doing those things. And that's what the book of, book of Acts was about. And that's what the church is doing right now. We're trying to align ourselves with what God is doing. And what, how many know we want to be in the right time, right, with God? And so we see that and we see also the location. He would be from Galilee, but born in Bethlehem. And then he would come from, from Egypt. And all the things uh, that they talked about really came to pass. In Matthew chapter 1, we preached out of it last week, but in verse 21 and verse 23 where, where uh, we, we quoted, we talked about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus was talked about that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. How many know that 700 years earlier, Isaiah prophesied that in Isaiah, Isaiah 9, 6. He prophesied about Jesus coming. How many know that God has pinpoint accuracy? God has precise calculations of what he wants to do. I mean, God was telling the world for 4,000 years that he, his, he's going to bring the Savior. I mean, can you imagine for 4,000 years and everything lined up at that one time, that one night when Jesus came? They said that about uh, 10 prophecies were fulfilled just in the birth of Jesus. Think about it. I mean, the Bible itself is filled with prophecy that has been fulfilled and yet to be fulfilled. They say that well, one-third of the Bible is about prophecy, about things that will come to pass or will come or what yet come. And a lot of those things uh, are fulfilled. How many know a lot of things God has already done? God has done those things, including the birth of Jesus and salvation coming. And so one of the things that if you study about this and how precise God is about the birth of Jesus... And about the idea that one person could fulfill 300, over 300 prophecies about himself, the odds are, are staggering. I mean, just for you to win the jackpot is crazy, right? Just for you to win the lottery is nuts. Can you imagine just trying to fulfill some of those prophecies? But, you know, they, they did a study, and Professor Peter Stoner, of, of, uh, uh, of I believe he's uh, the chairman of uh, the science division at Westmont College, he wrote a book called Science Speaks, and one of the things he came up with, and he did all this study in mathematical equations, he, he discovered that just for one person to fulfill just a prophecy would be 1 in 10 to the 17th power. So it's 1 with all those zeros after it. How I many know we don't even, I mean, you know, come on, some of you think dream about having that kind of money. You wouldn't even know what to do, right? So, I mean, that's a lot. So that's just eight prophecies. And then he went on to study and said the probability of a person fulfilling 48 prophecies would be 1 in 10 to the 157th power. And Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies about himself. Amen. Don't you know that God has a timetable? God is about time, isn't he? Is that right? God moves at the right time. And I don't know about you, but I want to be where God is. I don't want to be where God was. I want to be where God is. And God is helping us as the church align with his timetable. And I, I think it's so important that we talk about the right time today. Peter gave us, uh, really essentially gave us two things that really he said and pointed to two evidences of why we can trust the Bible. One of them is because it's a historical document that's been proven over time, over centuries, by other cultures and other, uh, other people and other writings and other findings. It's been proven over, over and over again. It's a historical a fact. That's what that he said. But also because just alone of the messianic prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, we can trust the Bible. And Peter you know, leads us to that that says, look, you can look at Jesus and the life of Jesus and believe on that alone. And you can believe the entire word of God. How many believe the Bible because of what Jesus did? Amen. I do. And, you know, I believe that God has a timetable by whatever, the way he thinks, the way he acts, the way he speaks. 
I mean, it's amazing how precise and accurate God is with time. How many know we're not that great at time? But God is amazing at time, and He has the right time, and God moves at the right time. And I, I believe that everything from creation to the birth of Jesus to the return of Jesus operates according to God's timetable. It operates the way God wants it to. God, you know, we have an idea. How many remember 1988? You were supposed to go to heaven back then, right? But come on, somebody, amen. You know, whenever else it was, in the 90s and 2017 and all these things. But God operates on His timetable. God does it the way He wants to do it and in His time. And Matthew, as we looked at the scripture of Matthew chapter 1, but also if you go through the book of Matthew over 12 times, he uses this phrase that he says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled. Matthew says that 12 times. I look at the Bible and I look back at some of the characters. I, I look at the life of Moses. I look at Esther and Jehu and Joseph and some of these other uh, people in the Bible, men and women of faith, who were born at the right time for the nation of Israel. I mean, if they hadn't been born, if, and even, even the Bible records them saying this about Esther, that she came to the kingdom for what? Such a time as this. You came at the right time in the timetable of human race, of the nation of Israel. God raised you up for this time right now. How many believe that God has you in this time for right now? Amen. God, you know, God's doing that. And so I believe that. Let's, let's look a little further at understanding the timing of the Lord and the way time works. God really operates on His timetable, as we said. But it's amazing to think about the Lord. He's timeless. He always was. He always will be. Is that right? God is timeless, and He flows in and out of time, and He uses time. He's not bound by our time. How many know you can't bound God by time? You can't put God in a box, and you can't say, God's going to do it this way in this amount of time. I mean, He's just boundless, and He's timeless. But yet, at the same time, He moves in time, and He uses time as a tool to fulfill His will in the earth. Isn't that great? I, I think that's awesome. And God uses time. And so God also really is so precise and so calculated in what He does. I mean, God operates on His timetable. I believe that God's timing is perfect. How many can look at your life and say, God's timing is perfect? God's timing is perfect. The right time. The, that word, the right time, that phrase, the right time, appears over 96 times in the Bible. Almost 100 times in the Bible. God makes it clear, the right time. This is the right time. This is at the time. How many have ever read scriptures that said at the time or the time came? This is the time. It came to pass when all the time was fulfilled, this happened. And so that's what the Bible says. He's letting us know that God really uses time to do His will. And so I believe that God has the right time for everything. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 say this. I'm reading this out of the NIV. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape your notice. Beloved that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what He promises, according to what some people consider or their conception of slowness. But He is long-suffering he he, towards us, and He is not desiring that any perish, but all come to repentance. How many know God is never too late? He's never too early. He's always on time. Amen. I used to, we used to sing a song that way. God has a time for everything. And when you get into God's time, how many know you're going to receive the blessing? You're going to receive what God has and the perfect will of God for that time. Right? Amen? Most of us want it before it ever happens. We want it before it should happen. We, we, you know, very little time do we ever find ourselves getting behind time. Most of the time we're trying to get ahead of God. Is that right? 
but how many know God's time is perfect? God's time is perfect. You got married at the right time. You had kids at the right time. You said, well, we didn't plan it, but you had them at the right time. And you discover that years later, we had them at the right time. How many know things happen? Maybe crisis comes in your life and you realize that it was the time of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so let me just go over a couple things about this. And so not only does God operate under His timeline and His timetable, but everything in our lives, our lives is about time. Everything is about time. How many are just time freaks? Everything is about time in your life, right? You wake up at a certain time. you got to eat at a certain time. you got to do this at a certain time. You go to bed at a certain time. I know you're unusual, but you're here. We know who you are. And, and come up, but it's all about time. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says that there is an appointed time for everything. There is a, a right time for every activity under heaven. There's a time to give birth. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. How many know God knows there's a time for everything? How many have told your kids, even this week, a hundred times, it's not time for that? I mean, you know, they want to watch a movie and eat pizza at five in the morning. It's not time for that. Amen? Come on. It's time to go to bed, right? So that, that's the way it is in our lives. But, but you know, even, even in the Bible talks about a dream or a vision. A lot of times we, you know, in January, we'll spend a couple weeks vision casting and talking about what God has for us as a church. How many know even the Bible says in Habakkuk that every vision has a timetable, has a time restraint? It's going to happen, but it's going to come. It may tarry, wait for it, but it's going to happen. That's what the Bible says. Every vision, every prophecy, every word from the Lord has a time, is a designated time. And how many know you found yourself in a hard place with God because you tried to make it happen before it's time? Amen? Come on, Christians, right? You tried to make that thing happen. You tried to push that thing. You tried to say, God, I want it today. But God said, you're not getting it for a long time. <laughs> Amen. And so visions tarry. and Dreams tarry. And they, they happen at a time. And the Bible says that Joel prophesied some 500 years or 600 years before the day of Pentecost. But how many know it came, didn't it? It came. And so... That's the way it is with the Lord. And so we have, we, we, we kind of live by time. And the timeline of our lives, the timing of life events, and the times that we're in right now. I think that's so important to understand those things. And as we walk in, in life, we understand how many know that every purpose and every vision, every dream, every plan, every goal has a time. You know, just thinking about time, it's important to understand there's a time to get married. Right? Some of you are praying about when to get married. There's a time. I mean, you know, there's a time. Some, some people aren't ready to get married. Some people want to have kids, but they're not ready to have kids. Some people, they want all this success, but they're not ready for it. How I many you know there's a time for it? There's a time. You know, if you're, you're into finance, how many know there's a time for investments? You've got to know timing. You've got to be about timing. How I many know sports are about timing? Even your body. Someone said, well, he's tremendously athletic. She's so athletic. What does that mean? That means that the timing in their body is so coordinated, it's, it's scary. I mean, they, their muscle and their reflex, everything is so timed, so perfect that they're such great athletes. Baseball takes time. Football, there's timing in it. How many know the difference between someone making $80 million a year and $80,000 a year? A lot of times, timing. Come on, they, they have that skill. I mean, these Hall of Famers that they can throw at that right time, they can pitch at the right time, they know the timing. Is that right? How many know in, in, uh, even in communication we need timing? How many know you can say the wrong thing at the wrong time? But how many know the Bible says if you say the right thing at the right time, it's like, man, it's like heaven, right? 
How many know communication takes timing? I mean, even if I told a joke, it takes timing. I've got to tell a good joke. I've told it at the right time. How many know everything takes time? Is that right? Is that right? Your success and all great achievements happen because of incredible time. There's incredible timing. And so there's timing in our lives. And how many know ministry, there's a time for ministry? How many know, you know, God waits on people, doesn't he? God waits to use people. You said, well, I'm ready now, God. And God says, no, you need to go and go in a, in, a, in a cave somewhere. You're not ready to rule over Israel, David. You need some time. I mean, no ministry takes time. Well, I, I just finished Bible school. I did this and I finished this and I have all this education. I got, and I'm ready to go. But, you know, a lot of times God says, good. I want you on the backside of the desert for 40 years. I know ministry takes time. Leadership takes time. How many know some people aren't ready to be leaders? There's experience, there's, there's all kinds of lessons and there's knowledge that you need. There's all kinds of things that you need. You just don't walk into a major corporation, company and say, I want to be the CEO. How many know that takes time? Leadership takes time, ministry takes time. Uh, you know, all these things that we, we realize in life. You know, how many know you can be at the right place at the right time? But how many know you can be at the wrong place at the wrong time? you got to learn timing. And I believe that even in nature... Uh, I, I'd spent a little time in nature this last fall, kind of getting close to nature, and uh, called hunting, by the way. All the, all the women are like, what? Um, but, but even in nature, you look at this, and animals, everything's about timing, isn't it? There's a time to get up, and some, some feed at night, some feed during the day, some sleep during the day, some sleep at night. I mean, there's, come on, some are hibernating, some are, you know, some are out there right now. And, and I, the other night, I was out shoveling snow. How many was shoveling snow until dark the other night? Yeah, yeah. Shoveling snow, and I heard geese over my head, right, flying. I couldn't see them, it was, it was cloudy, it was dark. And I heard these geese come, and I'm like, you guys, timing is messed up. Like, I would have went to Florida, like, last month, right? Come on. Butterflies go to Mexico and all this stuff. All these things, why? Because God has instilled in even nature the timing of the Creator. And I believe as His creation, we've got to learn His timing in our lives. And God moves in wonderful ways in His time. Let me just give you some principles of time. You know, God does not tell us, He really doesn't tell us the details in advance when it comes to time, does He? How many know that God just leaves some stuff out? Yeah, there's things in the Bible called mysteries. We're just not, we just haven't figured them out yet. There's mysteries. The Bible says that the church and marriage is even like Christ and the church is a mystery. And so there's just certain things that God doesn't tell us. We find it out later. We discover it later. But initially, when God speaks, a lot of times He doesn't tell us the details in advance. Why? I believe it's three reasons. First of all, because it scares you to death if God told you what He's going to do. Amen? Come on. If God told you, you know, and, and you know what it's, life was going to be like, you know, 20 years from now, you'd be scared to death. So some of you, 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 it would overwhelm you. How many know it would overwhelm you if God told you what he wanted to do completely? Come on, somebody. Amen. You're praying for God's will. God, I need this. I need answers. How many know God sometimes doesn't tell you the fullness of that or show you that or let it happen in your life because it would simply overwhelm you? But in, over time, you'll be able to take that. Like leadership or like, like the life of Joseph. How many times he, times he couldn't take it? He wasn't ready for it when he was a young man. Is that right? And so, so it would scare you. It would overwhelm you. We would try to manipulate it, wouldn't we? If God told us everything, we would try to, well, um, I really don't like that. Can we change that? Right? Can we just change that? Can I just put a more, another zero on that? You know? 
uh, on, on that uh, salary? Can we just do that? You know, so we would manipulate it. And then the third thing, I believe that God doesn't really tell us a lot of things in advance because God wants us to trust Him. God simply wants you to trust Him. I mean, He just told Noah, build a boat. He didn't say it was going to take 120 years. He didn't say the exact time and date. He just said, build a boat. We read now, we read how long it took and he did this and everything. And he didn't even tell them how long he was going to float. He just said, build a boat, it's going to rain, you're going to be safe. He didn't tell them you're going to float a while, you're going to send out these birds. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, you're going to drive each other crazy. The eight of you are going to want to strangle each other when this is over. But, you know, so God didn't really tell him a whole lot, did he? Did he? But he just said to build the ark. And so I feel God wants us to trust him. I mean, I think ever since. I don't know about you, but ever since I was a little kid, there's one thing that I've always dreamed about, and that is a time machine. Some of you are stuck back in Back to the Future. You still watch that movie a hundred times. Come on. I mean, think of all the movies that have been made about going back in time, and, and then you're messing with the time and space continuum. There's like four of you walking around right now. I mean, all that stuff, right? This time machine. We always want to go back and change the past and fix the future and alter the, Right? How many know that you just daydream about a time machine? How many, after 15 minutes of what you just said that you weren't supposed to say that, you'd say, I wish I could go back and take that back, <laughs> right? But how many know that time just keeps marching on, but God doesn't always give us the details, and he doesn't let us go there. But you know something, uh, in Acts chapter 1, in fact, Jesus said this. He said that, it, uh, they asked him, he said, when will the kingdom of God come? When exactly is the time of of the kingdom of God being set up in the earth and all the things you prophesied about. He said, I, that is not in your power. I'm not giving you that power. You don't have that authority. You won't have that knowledge. Only the Father has that ability. But I am giving you power, and that is to be witnesses, but you don't have the power to know the exact time and day. Isn't that amazing? Why? Because God doesn't always give us the details in advance when he speaks. He just wants us to obey and fin finish his mission. Is that right? Amen. And so uh, I believe that we, a lot of times we mistake, uh, the mistake we make and the mistake we make in prayer is that we put too much of a time restraint on God. Now sometimes you have a time restraint. <laughs> God, this bill is due this week. I mean, no, you got a time restraint. 30 days, I mean, they're coming. But you know, a lot of times we, we, we can't do that. And we make that mistake of putting a timer. God, I want to get married and I want to do it like this and this and make kids and live here. I want this, I want that and that. And I want it done in 10 years. I, I mean, it's good to have a five-year plan. I'm, I'm into th three-year, five-year plans. I have life goals, crazy life goals that I don't even know if I'm going to get to them, but they're life goals. But, you know, how many know we, when it comes to God and, and really what He has for our lives we, and, and praying and asking, sometimes you just got to throw your hands up and say, God, your will be done. Whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it, let your time be done. How I many know when Jesus said, told us to pray, your will be done, we were really praying, let your time be done. Amen. How many know God does His will when He wants to, at His rate of speed, how He wants to do it, and we just got to say, Lord, I love you. <laughs> Amen. I worship you. The second thing we learn is that God's timing is not always convenient. God's timing is not always convenient. Everything God does, I believe, is out of love, but not always comfortable. <laughs> how many believe that? It's not always comfortable. In fact, I think that everything happens at the right time, but not at the easiest time. God never said, I'm going to do everything at the easiest time in your life. He said, I'm going to do it at the right time in your life. Is that, is that correct? How many know when Jesus came, if we look at it from a bigger picture, it probably wasn't the best time to come. It wasn't the best time to come for Israel, was it? 
They were under Roman rule and all these things were happening and, and all this false worship going on and the idolatry. It probably wasn't the best time to come. But how many know that's the way Jesus does it? He comes when he wants to because of his reasons. How many know it's always convenient? And I believe that it's not only just the easiest time, but it's not without pain. It's just not without pain. I mean, think about childbirth. I mean, I, I can't speak it from experience, just from what I've heard, you know, talking to my wife and stuff. But, you know, I, I don't understand that. But when the time happens... My wife's like, it's ready. I'm like, what do you mean it's ready? We got, we got, you know, we still got like four hours of sleep here. What do you mean it's, it's ready? What are you talking about ready? We got to go to the hospital now. It's ready. It's time. How many know there's a timetable? Is that right? And your kids knew that time. I don't know how they did it, but they knew it. They didn't know their name. They didn't know a lot of things. They, they didn't, but they knew when it was time to come, right? And at that time, and so everything happens at the right time, not always the easiest time. And God allows these things to happen really at the right time. And why is it with the Lord, He always allows His time to happen at the time of despair or, or almost death and, and, come on, right on the cliff and then God comes and He moves. I, I don't understand why the Lord does it. Why does He allow you to go to a place of discouragement and despair and then right at that, that time He comes through? So, God, why didn't you, come on, I mean, I, I was ready at step one. <laughs> You know, I, I was ready at door one. Why did, you know, why did you wait so long? But God does it because God's timing is always best but not always convenient. The other thing I've noticed about God's timing is at the right time, God can do anything instantly. How many believe that? At, at God's timing, He can do anything instantly. At the day of Pentecost, even the Bible says, at the, that, that time of Pentecost, suddenly, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Suddenly, God does things when He wants to, but there's times when God can do anything instantly. When you least expect it, God shows up. Jesus even said that when He returns, it's going to be the time that we least expect it. it come on, is that what the Bible says? In the days of Noah, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man. People were marrying and giving marriage and living life and going through life uh, just normal. And then, boom, Jesus said it's going to happen. At the twinkling of an eye, it's just going to happen. That's what the Bible says. So I believe that God can do anything instantly. How many know God can do in a moment of time what you can't do in 20 years? What you've tried to been do, what we've tried to do, and what men has been trying to do in hundreds of years, thousands of years. How many know God can do it instantly? God works in a heart in a moment of time. How He does it, I don't know, but I believe that God can do anything instantly because He has time, right? Aren't you glad for that, the moment you got saved? I mean, people were praying for you for years, and you were running for years, but it seemed like God did it instantly. Amen. So thankful for that. And here's the other thing I've learned is that is with time, God uses time to grow us. God uses time to grow us. I, I believe the entire process of time develops trust and character. God tests your faith. He develops your character. We look at people like Abraham that God had had worked with him. We look at Joseph. God had worked in his life. God had worked in his life. If there's ever two men in the Bible that knew about time, it was Abraham and Joseph. And God worked in their life, and God worked in their life, and God worked in their life until he brought to pass what he said. I, I think that sometimes we're, we're believing God, and we're waiting on God for things to happen, but I believe that God is waiting on us sometimes. Because we're not ready, and, and we're not listening, or we're not in the right place. At the right time where God wants us to be. And sometimes God says, I'm waiting on you. I mean, no, you wait on the Lord a lot. I wait on God a lot. But then I found out that God told me, I've been waiting on you. 
Oh, yeah, I've been waiting on you because you got to get your attitude right. you got to get your thinking right. I've been telling you to get your finances right. I've been telling you to work this out in your marriage. Come on, get your house in order. Get things right in your life. Do this. Do God, sometimes God's waiting on me. We act so surprised every time we find that out about the Lord, don't we? Oh, you're waiting on me. You know? Oh, yeah. And God's like, duh, yeah. I've been telling you like 50 times. I mean, all these sermons you may hear, yeah, I'm waiting on you. And I think that's the way the Lord does it. Is that right? But I, I, I think that the reason is, is we have to look at it. God uses time to grow us because really we're not ready. How many know there's times that you just can't handle it? Come on. You can't handle the truth. Come on. You, you just can't handle it. You can't handle what God wants to do or what God's doing. You can't handle it. It will blow your mind. You're not ready for it. You're just not ready. You can't handle it. You're not ready to get married. You're not ready to have kids. You're not ready for that job. You're not ready for ministry. You're not ready. You're just not ready. People, come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, no, God moves that way. Amen. God uses time to grow you. I mean, Joseph had that dream when he was young. Can you imagine how he thought about how that's going to come to pass? All my brothers are going to bow down. The stars are going to align. I'm going to be a ruler. Come on. How many know he had to go through a lot of things before he actually... But you know, there's something else about the story of Joseph. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that the word of the Lord tried him. The vision tried him. That dream worked on him and worked on him. Why? Because what God was doing in him. I believe as a young man, Joseph couldn't handle the responsibilities that God put on him when he was older. He wouldn't have been able to handle it. There's no way, I don't think, that Joseph would have handled the temptation from Potiphar's wife as a young man. He wouldn't have handled that situation right. I mean, you know, but over time, God worked in his life in those, in those pit, in that prison. God had did, did something in his life that when he got in that situation, all of a sudden he had character. He had, he had the, come on, he had the character. He had the self-control. He had the discipline. He had the fear of God in his heart. But maybe he didn't have that when he was young, and so God had to work on him. And the other thing about Joseph is that Egypt wasn't ready. The timetable for Egypt wasn't ready. God said there's going to be seven years of blessing, seven years of famine, and it wasn't time yet. Is that right? So not only was Joseph not ready, but Egypt wasn't ready. Did you know God does a lot of things in your life because somebody else isn't ready? Something else isn't ready? Well, I want that job. I want that promotion. Well, that job is not ready. That position is not open. That opportunity is not yet available, so you've got to wait. Amen? How many find that out about the Lord, right? It's just not ready. And so like Joseph, Egypt wasn't ready, and he wasn't ready, but God had a way to work out that pit and the prison and the palace and all those things that we see in Joseph's life, his relationship with his family and his father and all the brokenness. God worked it out. And in the end, what did Joseph say? You meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good because I've been in his waiting room. I've been in the timetable of God. I've understood the process of God in my life over time. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I believe that time has a way of proving things, testing things, whether it's true. I mean, young people get together and it's like they look so starry-eyed. They just met each other and see each other. I'm in love and I want to get married. How many know there needs some time there? How many know you need some time? You probably need another date, right? You just... Come on, amen. Uh, we, we, we fall in love with those movies that they, they see each other and have coffee and they get married and everything works out and everything's great. But how many know like relationship, they need some time. 
I mean, no, dating, you put your best foot forward. You wear your best clothes, you put your best perfume on, everything's perfect. But that's not how real life is. So you need some time to get to know one another and see each other and talk to each other. Is that right? Amen. 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 So, so that's the way the Lord does it. And so it, it proves whether you love each other or not. Oh, I love you. And, and what he means is I like you right now until that girl, another girl comes along and then I like her. And, and then, when, you know. So, so how many know that's, that's, that's romance and that leaves quickly? But, you know, I believe that true love lasts and true love has to be proven. And so that's why it's important to tell your, your, your teenagers and your young people and teach them at a young age, look, if it's love, it's going to last. If he really loves you, I mean, he's going to show it over time. Not just one night or one time or one little, you know, post that he put. Oh, she posts the most Christian things. I know we're supposed to be together. Give it some time. Time together. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I believe time has a way of proving things. You know, many of you have a word of your life or a dream or a vision. God's given you how many no time has a way of testing, first of all, whether it's really of God. Was that a parking lot prophecy that you got? Was that a spaghetti dream that you had? Or was that really of God? Was that really bad guacamole that you had? Or was that the Lord? How many of the Bible says prove all things? When it comes to prophecy, someone said, well, someone prophesied over my life and said I'm going to be rich and live here and that. Prove all things. Wait it out. Give it time. Let's see if it's God. I mean, oh, come on, somebody. Jesus was supposed to come in 1988. How many know? We waited that out. We, probed, we proved that wasn't the Lord. Amen. Time has a way of testing. Some, one of the best things that a relationship has is time. That's one of the things I tell young people is the, the most important thing you have, the best thing you have is time. we got to get married right now. I'll tell you why. Because in 2021, 20, uh, in the spring, this, this means this, and, 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 and i, I got to do it this way, and this is what I dreamt as a little kid. No, well, sometimes you just need to have time over dreams and, come on, and, 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 and feelings and emotions and things like that. And I, I believe that dreams are good, and I believe visions are awesome, but, you know, I'm going to just give you an example. How many have ever walked through the OC, the Outreach Center? How many have seen that building? We love it. I've been there working. I'm going to give you an update here soon on it. But you know, that was about 15 years in the making. I mean, it just happened one night. My cousin and I, probably almost closer to 20 years, my cousin and I were talking about the things of the Lord and how it would be awesome to have an outreach center and how the Lord wants to use it to reach the, city, the, you know, the youth in our city. And God began to serve. So we went and laid hands on a building, got all excited about it and 20 years later, we got the OC. But how many know, you know there was that time between that unction, that excitement, and when it really actually happened, when my wife and I cut that ribbon last October, how many know there was some time in there? And there was time that I said it was never going to happen. There was times that I said it's impossible. This was me. This was just guacamole speaking, not God. But how many know I can go over to 1536 Catherine Street and say, this is the word of the Lord. This is the vision that came to pass. This dream was real. How many know I can do that because of time? Is that right? And some of us, it kills us. It kills. A time can either kill or make alive a vision. Amen. And a wise person understands this. Solomon said that a wise person learns and understands the seasons and the timings of the Lord. you got to know the, what, the waiting room. God has a waiting room. Did you know that? God has a waiting room. Oh, but i got an appointment. i got an appointment. No, you also have a waiting room experience with God. 
There's an awaiting room experience. And how many know uh, you better have some good literature to read in that waiting room because you're going to be there for a little bit. Amen? Now we can play games on our phone and watch YouTube videos as long as our battery is good, right? And, and we can deal with the waiting room. Back in the day, I hated waiting room. I was like, seriously, I can see the doctor standing in the back right there doing nothing. There's like 20 nurses back there. I'm waiting here. Someone's got to get the splinter out of my finger. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, think about it, right? And, and we get impatient, but that's the way it is with the Lord. And, and God has a waiting room, doesn't he? God has, some of you have been praying and praying and praying. You understand, God has a timetable. God has a waiting room. Some of you have been praying for relatives that get saved and come to the knowledge of the Lord and stop some of their foolish living, right? But you know, God is waiting on them to respond to his drawings. So you got to wait a little bit. Be patient. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Find joy in waiting. Find peace. And how many know there's patience in waiting? You learn to endure. You cooperate with God. You learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You learn to trust in the one who is timeless. You learn to move in wisdom, when to make the right decisions in those waiting rooms of God. And I believe that our faith needs to outlast God's silence. Our faith needs to outlast amen, some of the things that we're going through today. Amen. Talking about the timing of the Lord. But quickly, I believe that also time helps us trust the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we have been given an unction of the Holy Spirit. Many people think that that's like a lightning bolt experience. That's a, a jolt. That's, a, that's a, a jerking of the Holy Spirit. No, it's an unction from the Holy Spirit. You've been anointed. You've been appointed by God. You've been anointed by the Holy Spirit. But there's an unction. And what do I mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. So if you've ever thought about something and started doing something and all of a sudden you feel there's a feeling that maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't. Come on. And then you make that decision. I'm not going to do that. So a lot of times that's an unction from the Holy Spirit not to say that, not to do that, not to make that decision. Right. Amen. There's an unction from the Holy Spirit. There's an unction. In other words, there's a, uh, as Paul described it many times, there's, he, he perceived, he said, I perceived in my spirit. There's, a, there's like this unction from the Holy Spirit. He's helping us. He's talking to us. There's this prodding of the Holy Spirit. I believe that it, it was the unction of the Holy Spirit that is telling us not to do the things that we were going to do or to do the things that we need to do. There's an unction from the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this is one of the most essential keys with walking with the Lord, and that is to trust the Holy Spirit. And, and really, it's a key to making the right decision. How many believe that well, if we could just make the right decision every time, we'd be on top of the world? We'd be good, right? Our game would be great right now. But how many know the Holy Spirit's come to help us? The Holy Spirit's come to help us make the right decision when you've got to make the right decision about who to marry and when this and, and the job and the career. The Holy Spirit is in our lives and He's going to give you an unction what to say, what to do, what to decide. Come on, how to respond. That's an unction from the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 16, Paul had a vision. He was on his way to, to preach at a conference over here and in the night he had a night vision and he saw a man in Macedonia saying, come and help us. How I many know the Holy Spirit's unction sometimes is to forbid you to do something? Come on, the Holy Spirit forbid him to go there. That's what he said. He said the Holy Spirit. It, and then there's another time in Acts that we see that it said that it seemed right unto us and the Holy Ghost. How I many know there's an unction from the Holy Ghost? Amen. And that's the thing. You've got to trust the Lord. You've got to learn how to walk in that unction of the Holy Ghost. Because there's things, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, there's doors that God will open Right? And then there's doors that God will close. 
And you've got to know, say, God, is this, a, is this an open door? Is this a closed door? Is this something I need to be praying about? Or is this something I just need to forget about? And so that's an unction, and He helps you, and He leads you. And so I believe in, in our mission, and witnessing, and being a, a testimony for Jesus. I believe that there is a leading of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And so I believe that we need to trust, and that's what happens with time. It helps us trust, amen, in the voice of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that it can be a daily battle of patience and surrendering to the Lord. And that's what it happens in, in, in our lives sometimes with time. It becomes a daily battle of patience. Some of us need to learn to surrender all over again every day to the Lord because we can't figure it out, because we can't make it happen. We put this thing, as the writer of Psalm says, my time is in your hands. My time of my life is in your hands. How many know our time is in His hands? Amen. Our time is in His hands. That's what the writer says. And so I believe, above all, that one of the things we learn about trusting the Lord, listening to the Holy Spirit, and that is it can be one of the most freeing and peaceful things that we enter into. When we hear the, the Lord and we begin to obey the Lord and we are led by the Spirit and the unction of the Holy Spirit about certain things that we're praying about and decisions we have to make and, 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 and timings of the Lord, I, I believe that it's so peaceful. Sometimes it's not just necessarily comfortable, but how many know there's a peace sometimes in the middle of a storm? It can still be crazy, it can still be confusing, but there's still peace there. And I always do this, I, I'll say this and we'll go on to our last point, and that is I feel like when I pray about something, I always say, Lord, let your peace be my gauge. If I don't have a peace about it, I'm going to keep praying about it. Come on, somebody. There, there, how many know there's people that want to make you, they wanted you to make a decision right now? And there's times you need to tell those people, can I pray about it? How many know I've learned that if people don't let you pray about it, then you need to say no. But you need to just say, Lord, can I pray about it? And you, Lord, I need your peace on this. I want your peace. I'm not talking about feeling, a feeling, whether I feel good about it or not. Wow, there's one more zero in my, I can make more money. I can do this. How many know, Lord, I need your peace on this. I, I've got to have the peace of the Lord. How many know we need to trust the Lord? That the timing's going to be right. Some of you out there and you have a testimony that you were offered a great job. But you said no to it because you felt that wasn't the Lord, and yet God opened up a better job. Is that right? Come on, somebody. Amen. You've done it. You've been there. And you said, Lord, thank God I said no to that one, right? That's the unction of the Holy Spirit. That's a leading of God into what God has in the timing of the Lord. And, and the, the last thing I just want to share is that sometimes later is better. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Sometimes later is better. Sometimes. How many know that... We, there's times where God tells us, you better go now. You better do it now. How many know the Lord sometimes does that? He says, now. Now is the time. Do it now. Amen. Jesus said, don't wait four months and say the harvest is ready. The, the, the harvest is ready when? Now. Right now is harvest time. Right? But there's other times where I believe that later is better. And most of the time I found in the Lord that what the Bible talks about is the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, in the full measure of time, sometimes later is better. Galatians 6, 9 tells us don't be weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season, in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. In the right time, in the right time. How many know, how many love a harvest in your life? I love harvest. I love talking about harvest and everything that goes along with harvest. How many know there's a seed time? That's what the Bible says, there's seed time. How many know that? In the, how many know seed time and harvest have one thing in common, that is time. And you know what we call it? A delay. How many know every harvest has a delay? Come on, somebody. Amen. You know where I'm going with this one. Amen. There's a seed, there's a time to sow, 
and there's a time to harvest, but how many know there's a delay in between the two? But I want you to know this, and I want to give you this promise today, that a delay is not a denial. God will delay it. God will delay your plan. And you know something I've noticed about other people in your life? Sometimes people in your life, they will delay the will of God, but they cannot deny the will of God. Like Joseph's life, like his brothers, like Potiphar. Come on, sometimes there's a delay. And it's in those times of that delay that we need to realize that it's not denial from God. It's not a rejection from God. It's part of the, it's part of the process of God. It's part of the joy that I'm going to encounter. Amen. How many know? Because sometimes later is better. Why? Because sometimes, and when you go God's way, you find out that what God can do for you is way better than what you can do for yourself. And how many times you find out that if I just wait through this thing, I'll have later I'll have it better than what I had before. And so I believe that delay is not a denial, and we need to understand the difference between a no and not yet. How many know God says no sometimes, and sometimes God says not yet? He didn't say no, He just said not yet. How many know it's like when your mom's cooking, you're little and you're cooking supper? Oh man, that hit your that you hit your nose, man, that hit your nostrils. You are starving. I mean, you're eating on your, you know, paper. I mean, you're so hungry. You're you're starving and you smell that and you go in the kitchen to say, when is supper gonna be ready? What'd she say? Not yet. It's almost ready. Are you kidding me? I heard the oven go off like 20 times. It's gotta be ready. Not yet. Amen. How many know God does that about his ways? We see it, we sense it, we, we feel it, we're all excited about it, we know it, we read it in the scriptures, and, and we say, okay, God, okay, I'm ready. No, God says, not yet. It's almost ready. It's almost ready. Not yet. How many know that kills you? Especially when she's making something that takes like six hours. And she starts at like six in the afternoon. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. So, you know, I mean, that's the way it is. So it's, there's a difference between no and not yet. And I think we need to learn that. In due season, in due season, you will reap. If you don't give up. In due season. Come on, later is better sometimes. In due season. Sometimes you'd look back and you say, I'm so glad that I didn't get what I have now because I wouldn't have appreciated it. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have invested it. I wouldn't have loved it. I wouldn't have valued it. I wouldn't have taken care of it. I mean, no, when you're a kid and, and you know, if you're little and you get like an expensive item, I mean, like an expensive piece of jewelry, an heirloom or something like that, how many know you just can't be trusted with those things? It's not until you get older that you learn the value of that thing. You understand how to take care of it, and you appreciate it more the older you get. Is that right? So sometimes, with God's timing in our lives, sometimes later is better. You wouldn't appreciate it, that blessing. You want the blessing today? You want the prophecy to come forth? You want the vision to happen now? You want all these good things to happen? But how many know there's times that you're going to say, God, I'm in this time and season of my life. And, it, and when I get out of it, maybe when my kids get out of the house, then that vision's going to happen. Then that dream's going to take place. Amen. Then those things are going to happen. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, in 18, verse 30, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. I believe that God's way is perfect. How many lift your hand to heaven and say that God's timing is perfect? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. God has a right time, doesn't He? Amen. God has a right time in our lives. And so we understand the seasons. The Bible says there's a bunch of people, sons of Issachar. In the Bible it says they understood the times and the seasons and knew what Israel should do. And I believe that God wanting us to do that as the church and as the people of God, and even in your life, to understand the seasons, to understand what God is doing and what God is saying. I love this promise in Psalms chapter 1. 
It says that those that delight in the law of the Lord, who meditate in His law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Why? Because of time. God said we're like trees, and if you give it time. Some of you are praying about something that God promised you a long time ago. Are you still in the waiting room? Are there things that God is still working in you and working out of you, working through you? Is that maybe that person or those things, those events aren't ready yet? Amen. You said, Lord, I was ready 20 years ago. And God said, no, you weren't. But how many knowing to look back also in your life and see that there's things that happen that may not be comfortable. They weren't convenient at the time. They weren't, they weren't lovely. They weren't pretty. They weren't happy times. But how many can look back and say it was timely? It, it, just, it happened and, and through that I learned so much from that. I've developed from that. I've, I've learned to trust God rather than trust people. I've learned to trust in God than trust my money. I've, I've learned to trust in His hand. A provision. How many know we, we can look and see everybody else being blessed? But how many know maybe it's not just your time yet? Amen? And God's testing you. And some of you are under the testing of the Lord. You're under that time when God is trying your heart. The Bible says that for 40 years, God tried the people of Israel. God tried them to see whether they would really look to Him and trust Him and believe in Him. So guess what? So that when they went over to the promised land, you wouldn't have 10 people saying there's giants in the land. God wanted to work something in them so everybody would say, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. We got this. Amen? So God has a way of working. I'm going to be thankful for what God did in Moses' life. I mean, 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years wandering and, and going to the promised land. God has a way of working in our lives. So I'm so thankful for this time that we look and we read about Jesus coming. And look at all the prophecies. I, it blows my mind at all the things that had to happen in order for that to take place. If God can do that, how many know He's going to do amazing things in your life? God's going to allow things to align, people to line up, things to orchestrate just the right way. And I'm not talking about you being always blessed and always feeling good about yourself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about walking in the ways of the Lord. Walking in the will of God. Knowing God. Walking in the relationship that you have with God. And it's all about the right time. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for your principles today through your word about time and how that you work through time and how that you did it so accurately, so precisely. Lord, I even look and I look at the word and I know there's a lot of things that have not been fulfilled yet. I look at when you're coming back. Lord, there's a right time for that. There is an exact time, a calculated time for that. But until that day, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to keep working in your field and your mission. I want to please you, Lord. And I, I pray, Lord, you would just help me today. Help me listen to the unction of the Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, trust your word and trust you that you're working all things to the good of, uh, of my life, oh God. I pray that you would help me, Lord, continue to look at things in a broader way and say, God, it's for the best. It's for your will, for your sovereignty, Lord, for your glory, Lord. You use time as a tool, Lord. I know you're using it in my life as a tool to build character and faith and trust in you. Lord, I just, uh, Lord, I just dig down a little bit long. I just let my roots go down a little bit further today in trust. And I say, Lord, I trust you. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know why you did it that way. I don't know why you're doing it that way. I don't know how you're going to do it. But, and I don't know why you use the people you do. But nevertheless, I trust you today. In Jesus' name, amen.